time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. On today's episode, we continue our conversation about universal retirement truths. We talked a little bit about this uh, last time around. We gave you five of those truths to keep in mind. Yes, we're not putting together one-size-fits-all kinds of solutions here, but there are universal retirement truths that can guide every retiree, and they're kind of built into every plan that Glenn Mosseller builds for clients. Welcome once again to the show. If it's your first time joining us, go back and listen to the previous episode as well, although you could probably probably listen to this one and then go listen to the other episode as these uh, this list that we're going through, these 10 truths, aren't necessarily in a particular order of importance. Uh, so you'll be all right just continuing to tune in here. Glenn is the registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. You can find us online at roadmapfinancial.com, past episodes and lots of great resources and information for you there. Glenn, I won't recap the previous five retirement truths that we covered since we did so thoroughly in just the previous episode. We got five more to hit on today's show. So you ready to rock and roll with these next uh, next batch of questions? Yeah, Walter, let's go. All right, here we go. Uh, universal retirement truth number six, diversification is essential for risk management. Break that one down for us. Right. Well, Walter, it's, I, mean, it's, I think the vast majority of folks are familiar with the idea of diversification, right? You don't want all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, Right. Now, that said, you know, there's different types of diversification, right? There's, you know, more often than not, when I ask that, ask that uh, question of people, is like, you know, well, what, what's your understanding of diversification? A lot of it has to do with, you know, the, the asset classes that are, that are in their portfolio and, you know, and, you know, the different sectors of the economy that they might, they, they might have certain monies, you know, you know uh, allocated to or a certain amount, you know, in, in foreign, you know, uh, versus the domestic funds or, or possibly, you know, bonds versus, you know, versus, you know, equities. That is certainly, a, a, you, know, the, you know, figuring out, you know, your mix of, of asset classes and so forth. That's certainly one form of diversification. But as we're thinking more and more about retirement, there is, this, you know, what I call, you know, retirement diversification. When we think in terms of, you know, well, we're no longer saving for retirement. We're transitioning to, you know, preserving the assets and making them last and, and, and drawing money out. So, how does all of that work in terms of income planning and, you know, and, and tax awareness in terms of, you know, how are you going to have, you know, the, obviously taxes can be one of the largest expenses for people as they're drawing money out. So are there different ways of, of, of you know, of, of diversifying your assets into different tax treatments, right? In terms of, you know, maybe Roth accounts or other types of accounts that are going to be more tax advantaged, you know, maybe, you know, maybe moving things from, you know, from one place to another. You know, that's there's a planning process, but that's something to be aware of, as well as, you know, we've talked about, I think, a little bit on the, on the last episode, Walter, in terms of, you know, time diversification. When are you going to need, you know, your money? You don't need all of your money right now, today or tomorrow, in all likelihood. You're going to need it through a number of years, maybe even decades, right? So, you know, you, you know, the money, you know, you, if, if you're starting to segment your, your, your monies in, in terms of, in terms of when you're going to need it. So you can have a, you know, for an example, a now bucket, okay. Money that we know we're going to need over the next six months to a year, you know, that money is going to be the most liquid and, you know, and, and basically just, you know, it, it, it's not at risk. It's just, it's there, it's available and, you, and it's ready to go. Then there's the soon bucket, maybe the next five to 10 years. So, you know, when you're, you know, you know you're going to need to draw money out, 
you know, you, you want it to be there when, it, when, when you need it to be there. So you're going to want to have limited or no volatility, you know, attached to that money that, you know, that, that's, that's there for that period of time. Then you may have later, later bucket of money that is, you know, 10 years or, or longer. Well, I mean, you know, economic cycles can, you know, can, you know, can run through time. And if you have money segmented out that far in the future, then, you know, then, then it's a, that's a whole different way of looking at it versus, you know, hey, I know I'm going to need it, you know, next week or next year or five years from now. So that's a different type of diversification that I think is very important for folks to think about, particularly when they're either in retirement already or they're getting ready to transition into retirement. We talked about it before, Walter. There's three phases of life in terms of your, you know, your, you know, your, your financial life. There's the accumulation years. There's the preservation and distribution years. And so as you move in more and more to the preservation and distribution, or maybe you're already there, you know, you, your philosophies and your and your strategies and your tactics need to, you know, align with where you are in life. And you know, having that, you know, the 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 right diversification for your particular situation, you know, is is really an you know an art as well as a science. And and so it's you really want to make sure that you know that that you have a plan that really makes sense for your particular situation. Great, Glenn, and uh, appreciate the breakdown on diversification there. Let's move to another retirement truth, uh, universally to everybody: emotions can be an investor's, a saver's, and anybody's worst enemy, especially when it comes to money, though. Right. Well, I mean, and people are people, right, Walter? I mean, there's there's going to be emotions involved in just about everything. The key is is not to try to eliminate your emotions, but to you know, to, you know, hold them in within the right context, right? And you don't want to be driven entirely by, by you know, the emotions that are there. It's the you know, I'm sure every you know, most people have heard the ideas like you know that a lot of financial decisions are you know are, are driven by you know fear and greed, right? And I think that might be an oversimplification, but I think people get the idea is, is that you know, it's like when things are going well, they want them to keep going well. But the challenge is you don't want to get too far over your, you know, <laughs> over your skis, so to speak, right? At the same time, if something has gone bad, then you don't, you don't want to be just completely you know, just driven by, you know, gosh, you know, this is like you know, the, the sky is falling. So it's just kind of keeping that in check and making sure that you, know, that you have a plan that is going to take into account all the different cycles that can happen within the economy and you know and again living in retirement and that type of planning is significantly different than saving for retirement and that kind of planning and and so it's you know either way you know the emotions are you know can play into what you're doing and how you're doing it but you know your strategies are going to be are, are going to be a bit different and and different emotions you know can play different roles depending upon what phase of life you're in but the the key again is is making sure that your emotions stay in check don't eliminate them, but just kind of just be aware of them and, you know, and have those conversations with your advisor and also your, you know, your significant other or your spouse to make sure that it's like you, you all are comfortable with, with, with what you're doing and how you're doing it. And you kind of have a check on yourself, if you will. Yeah, that's a great point on that front. So emotions, got to keep those under control. We're not going to eliminate those likely completely from the process and not necessarily should, because like you said, we're human and emotions are part of this. Um, but we just need to make sure that they are, are carrying the appropriate amount of weight and not too much, which is what tends to be the case. All right, let's get into one of your favorite topics, Glenn. That would be taxes and tax implications. They matter. Universal retirement truth. If you're retiring, you need to be thinking about taxes. Well, that's right. That's exactly right, Walter. I mean, there's very few things in, in life that, you know, that can potentially take, you know, 20, 25, 30 percent or more of your income. Right. 
And, you know, that's not necessarily to say everybody's in that situation, but an awful lot of folks are. And, you know, there's, you know, I mean, when, when you're looking at that, you really got to think in terms of, well, how can I strategically plan, you know, and, and how can I be aware of, of the potential tax implications of, of drawing money out that's going to be subject to taxation, you know, as, as, as I, as I you know, take it, you know, take it out. You know, there's, that's, there's planning there with your advisors, you know, your, your tax advisor, your, your, your tax preparer and your, and your, and your financial advisor. Oftentimes, you know, I, um, when I meet with people for the first time, that's something that they're kind of aware of a little bit, but, but you know, the, the, it's kind of a, a lack of understanding of, of, of the number of different strategies that might be able, you know, that they may be able to employ. You know, you really want to make sure that that's part of your overall planning process because, you know, I've said it a number of times, Walter, and I, a lot of times people have heard this, but it really, it really boils down to is like how much of your of the money that are that are in those accounts are you going to get to keep and utilize for your benefit and the people you care about, versus you know being sent off to Washington or to the state capitals because of you know just just not understanding the way that certain things work within within the tax code not that you have to be a, a tax professional but you want to be working with folks who understand and can plan and help you you know be be more efficient with those dollars really helpful glenn i think to understand those tax implications i know that we could spend an entire episode on that topic so we, we won't today since we're mixing in a few other conversations but that's one that takes up a big part of the planning process folks so if you're not planning for taxes that should be a red flag about how your current financial plan is truly structured and get on a better track today. All right, two more universal retirement truths, Glenn. The next one is that retirement doesn't mean complete disengagement from work. This didn't used to be a retirement truth, but kind of is these days. Well, again, and this one kind of depends a little bit, Walter. I mean, sometimes it is, right? I mean, some people, but sometimes folks just say, okay, I'm done. You know, and they just they just fully they just fully say I'm retired, and you know. But at the same time, there's a there's an awful lot of folks that 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 still want to stay active. They they want to do something, right? So maybe it's part time work, maybe consulting, or even volunteer, right? I mean, it, it's volunteer is not technically working, right? If you're you know, but you you kind of are and you aren't. You know, maybe I guess you know maybe maybe making that distinction about whether or not you're getting paid for your work. Maybe that's a better way of thinking about it. But but you know, people want to stay engaged, right? Right? I mean, it keeps you young. You know, you don't want to just retire and just, you know, just land on the couch. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just maybe you do that for a little while, but you want to stay active. You want to, you want to keep, you know, keep going and keep your mind alert, you know, keep your body in good shape. And so it's just, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to, you know, continue to do something. It's funny, Walter. I mean, I talked to so many people who retire and, you know, after having retired for maybe six months to a year, maybe a little longer, you know, they'll come in and I'll ask them, I said, well, how's retirement going? How's it treating you? And I hear this answer so many times. It's like, boy, I don't know how I had enough time to work. Right. I mean, they they've gotten themselves so involved with a lot of things, you know, either either the things that they've been wanting to do, you know, for for a long time or people in their lives are, you know, are, are, are there to, you know, ask for help. And then they've got the time to, to do it. But it's it's really interesting. You know, folks, folks want to keep going, you know, and and, and it's and that's good. Right. But it's it's you're, you're going to probably do more than what you're thinking about. Because when you're thinking when you're we're getting ready to make that transition to just retire, you're thinking about. Oh, I'm no longer going to have to do that work. 
and that's true, but you're probably going to do something, right? And, or maybe a variety of things. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's kind of planning that out because I promise you, if, you, if you're not planning that out and thinking about how that's going to go for you, there are other people in your life or life that, that, is, that, that are likely going to try to help you with that. And, and, and unless you're really fully okay with the idea of, of, of them having a lot of, a lot of control over your time, you want to be kind of planning that, you know, a little bit more because it's, it's very easy to all of a sudden, you know, you're getting so busy doing stuff. And, and I have talked to folks like, you know, in, in that scenario where it's just like, well, you know, I kind of got myself into this and kind of feel like I'm obligated to keep doing it, but I don't really want to, and I don't know how to get out of it. And some of that, you know, could have been maybe prevented by, just you know, being a little bit more engaged of the idea of well, what am I going to do once I actually retire? And then you know maybe it would be easier to say yes and no to certain things versus just all of a sudden things are upon you and then and then you're and then you're kind of you you almost kind of feel trapped in, in in some sort of a way if that makes sense, Walter. Yeah, trapped is not where we want to be when it comes to retirement planning. We want flexibility, we want movement, uh, and the ability to make our own choices. So. Good discussion on that one. Let's go finally to our last universal retirement truth, and that's that estate planning. You may hear that word, estate planning. A lot of people assume it's just for the wealthy, but we actually like to throw it into this category of uh, a universal retirement truth that it's the opposite. Estate planning is not just for the wealthy. Everybody can benefit from that kind of planning and thinking, right? Yeah, Walter. I mean, it's not going to. I mean, it's going to be at different levels, right? But. I mean, it's pretty typical for, you know, for people to, you know, then when they pass away that, that, that there is assets left, right? I mean, it's, it's, you know, and, you know, and sometimes more, sometimes less, but there's still, there's still money there. There's still assets there, you know, you know, more often than not, particularly with the people that, that I work with. And so, you know, it's just like, well, what, how, how do we want to have those things pass on to the people that you care about or to the causes that you care about? And, you know, and so you want to think in terms of obviously, you know, um, there's, you know, there's the first, the first thing that pops up for a lot of people is the, you know, is the idea, is the idea of, you know, well, how, how are those assets potentially going to be taxed, you know, if they're left, you know, certain assets are going to be taxed, uh, others may not be depending upon, you know, the tax code at the time of your passing. There's also, you know, how old are your beneficiaries, you know, it's like, are they going to be capable of handling different things? Do you want to set up different parameters as to when and how they receive certain assets, right? There, there's, you know, do you want to, do you want to leave some money or all of your money to, you know, to a charity or, or maybe, maybe, you know, several charities or nonprofits or causes that you care about? You know, there's, there's, there's no such thing as a one size fits all, but, you know, for the most part, I mean, when I talk to folks, you know, they, they, there's not, as in, there's not an enormous amount of thought, you know, into this area where, you know, I try to encourage folks to think about it a little bit because, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's your life's work, right? It's what's, it's, you know, what's left from what you, from what your efforts were throughout your lifetime. And you really want, you know, to think in terms of, I want, you know, the, the, the remainder of my life's work to go towards whatever it is, or, you know, maybe, maybe multiple things, but you really want to kind of plan about that and think about that versus just kind of letting it happen, if you will. And, and again, I mean, you, you, you know, I, I've never met anybody that wanted to live, to leave, um, you know, by just by lack of planning, ended up leaving more to, you know, to taxes than, than, than had to be. And so that's one of the bigger pieces, but there's still, there's still, you know, there's still other things and, you know, that, that, that go into that. Like I say, you know, you, maybe you have, you know, kids or grandkids, you know, and you, 
and you worried about whether or not they can handle certain you know, certain you know uh, you know amounts of money at different ages and whatnot, and how you want to deal with that. There's planning opportunities there for you know for you to work with your financial advisor and or your you know, the uh, you know your your legal counsel there. You know, in terms of the estate planning, it's really important to you know to think about that because you know I mean at the end of your life, it's like you really do you really want to see your you know your assets just go you know up in smoke. I mean, obviously people don't really want to do that by and large. I have a few people say, well, I'm gone. I don't really care. But that's that's pretty rare. That's the exception rather than the rule. And so, like I say, just you know, you know, it's it's not going to be it's not going to be something that's that's going to be really extravagant planning for a lot of folks. But but at the same time, there's an element of planning that that really should be paid attention to. You know, for, you know as far as I'm concerned, as an advisor, because you know, you really want to see you know happen what you want to see happen at the you know at the end of your life. I mean, it, it kind of you know. For, for a lot of folks, it just kind of gives you that fulfillment. It's just like, okay, you know, all the way to the end, you know, it's just like I took care of everything and I did the things that I was supposed to do versus just kind of letting something happen at the end. Great breakdown over the past two episodes on these universal retirement truths. Is your financial plan built to incorporate these truths? Uh, is it built to uh, work all of these different matters into the planning process? We're talking about taxes and managing emotions, diversification, uh, estate planning concerns and legacy, uh, knowing how long you're going to live or not knowing that obviously was one of our truths and working that into the plan. How can you plan for an uncertain future? Well, it's all part of the process that Glenn has created over the years running things at Roadmap Financial Consulting as the founder and president, and he will help you get to and through retirement with a proper plan in place. All you have to do to start the conversation, if you have any questions at all about how to do this, is pick up the phone and give Glenn a call, and you can schedule a free consult that way. 336-291-3535 is the number. Easy to remember, 336, area code 291-3535, or go online to roadmapfinancial.com. Click the free consultation button, and you can schedule the time to visit. Again, just go to roadmapfinancial.com and schedule your time to meet. Glenn, thanks for breaking all this down for us on the past two episodes, and we'll look forward to chatting again next week. Fantastic, Walter. Take care now. All right, you as well. That's Glenn. I'm Walter. We'll see you next time on the Retirement Roadmap. Roadmap. 